I just wanted to address what we mean when we say white silence is violence. Because for a lot of people, and I was one of those people, I admit it because I'm raised in white supremacy and I'm socialized to believe that anything, anything that operates outside of it is radical. Um, but the thing is, is that white supremacy is built so that the people who operate inside of it maintain white supremacy so that we're actively fueling it, right? So when we're doing nothing, we're actually fueling it. And let me break that down a little more. So white supremacy isn't everything. It's in the food we eat. It's in the clothes we wear. It's in the people we choose to partner versus the people we date. It's in the schools we go to, the houses we live in, the things we learn in schools, who we learn alongside, how we hire people, who our, our coworkers end up being. It, how we receive medical treatment, childbirth, adoption, what the movies we watch, the makeup we put on, it's in everything. And we can't ignore that. So I thought I'd demonstrate really quick what actively working against white supremacy can look like and what it is not. For the purpose of this demonstration, let's assume that the resources for whiteness and anti-racism are the same, even though they aren't. Let's pretend that they have the same resources, same capital, same uh, they're similarly populated. So this that I'm holding in my hand is going to represent white supremacy and whiteness. This that I'm holding in my hand is going to represent anti-racism and the actions that come with that. So this is what happens when we are stagnant as anti-racists. We actually fall in line with white supremacy. And this is what happens when we attack racism and whiteness with the same fervor that those within white supremacy unapologetically operate under. Nothing. Now this is what happens when we fight against racism with more fervor and even more vehemently. Actual mobility. We have to work harder than white supremacists do because it's so embedded in us as people. And that's not to say we should use the, the master's tools, but we have to be more strategic and be more persistent about our anti-racism. So that is what we mean when we say that white silence is violence. By you being stagnant, you are opting in to white supremacy. You are choosing to partake in that system because it's already there. It's already there. If you're, riding the, if, you, if you're staying in the same place and the wave is coming at you, all you're doing is riding the wave. You're not, you're not, you're not pushing against it. You're part of it. And that's what we mean when we say that. And, and the consequences for doing such are lethal, as we've seen, as we've seen. And I, I didn't want to talk about Joe, but I got to talk about Joe. We got to talk about him. We got to talk about Joe because he is the consequence. He and then some. He and Donald Trump are the consequences for, for deciding that it doesn't apply to us because it does. And here's the thing, too. I don't think I'm at a point where I want to start moving the hearts and minds of white people, to be frank. I don't think that that's my ministry anymore. I think that I'm going to be putting more of my energy toward actually mobilizing people and actually getting policies made and things done. Because, frankly, it is not 
financially beneficial for corporations, for theater companies to not release a statement, um, which is frankly the easy way out. Um, it is profitable to side with the Black Lives Matter movement right now. For that reason alone. Um, and at this point, yes, I do have criticism based on people only doing things because it'll make them money. Capitalism, what do you do? Um, well, you uproot it is what you do, but that's capitalism. That's what we're in right now. Um, so on one hand, at least for the time being, I don't really care if, if you know, the politicians or the corporations care genuinely about black, black lives. I care what they do rather than how they feel. I care about what they do. So, but on the other hand, as much as I only care about what they do and, you know, regardless of their role in the capitalist system, I also wonder if capitalism is becoming a reckoning point. You know, we, we really need to start reckoning with the idea of capitalism and how it often depends on, you know, the destruction of black and brown bodies. I mean, this country was built on the destruction of black and brown communities. The soil that your corporation or your house is standing on was worked by people who look like me. And, and it baffles me when people think that this has nothing to do with them because it's like people literally died and are dying for and because of capitalism. Literally, this country is standing for two reasons, because black and brown people worked for free and because black people and brown people died. Those are the reasons that this country is standing. And if you think that we can come from that, come from the mentality of not even seeing black people as human, as being a third or a fourth of a human, if you think we can come from that mindset and just, 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 it, it'll, it'll dilute itself through time on its own? No, no ma'am. Because think about it, just like how if a child goes through trauma, right? And that child grows up to be an adult, that now adult has to do some unlearning. We have a lot of unlearning to do. We've been, you know, we've been raised in this system as children. And so we really need to go back and pick apart, pick apart the things we were taught in school, the things we were taught were, were bad, the people we, we were taught were bad or not desirable or not smart. And we need to pick those things apart because at this point it is life or death. At this point, we cannot afford to see it as anything else. And, and so I go back to capitalism and I go back to thinking about, okay, how, how relevant is it going to be and how, how, how much more poisonous can it be than helpful for us moving forward? So I think that's something to consider. Um, what role is it actually going to play going forward and what role, if any, is going to be beneficial to us? as humans. And you know, 
there there's a difference between simply not knowing ignorance and willful ignorance and i think a lot of people get away with i think a lot of people get away with willful ignorance just like the amy coopers of the world she knew good and well she was she was fully aware of the system that she operates under and she decided to opt into that system when she threatened to call the police and when she in fact followed through with calling the police so people are not out here completely ignorant at this point especially people with the most resources they're not ignorant and if you need proof of that um watch 13th on netflix i can't i can't stress it enough watch that film because it changes it will, it will change a lot for you if you are currently on the side of, mm, I don't know if it's negligence. I mean, I don't know if it's intentional. It might just be negligence because I got to be honest. A lot of people, <clears throat> including, you know, my former self, um, can easily fall into the trap of thinking that this, that racism is pervasive simply by negligence and simply because certain people are being overlooked in society and people aren't paying attention to these people and for them nobody is watching them nobody's nobody's looking at how they're suffering but here's the thing not only do the people in power know that the suffering is happening they're part of it they are actively participating in it so it's not that people are just oblivious and i'm not talking about individuals i'm talking about institutions it's not that people are oblivious it's that they are, they are choosing, they are making a decision there. And so the next time that you scroll past an opportunity to support a black person or to support the movement, know that that's a choice that you are making. And the thing is, I don't fault people for what they think initially. I fault them for how they monitor their thoughts and their actual actions going forward. So just think about that. The next time that you have the idea that this movement has nothing to do with you or that there's nothing that you can do personally or that this is just another wave of Black Lives Matter. Because I, I get the fatigue as a black person, I get it, you know, I, I get it times 12. And whatever feeling of defeat or disappointment or pessimism that, that you're going through right now, know that for black people, it's much worse. To, to, See people willingly, willingly choose between your life and their comfortability and choose their comfortability over your life. If you don't think that has traumatic consequences, you are dead wrong. And you know, it's not often addressed in therapy or in psychology, but there's white psychology and therapy are whitewashed as well. And a lot of therapists, um, a lot of white therapists don't take into account racial trauma. Um, I mean, 
it's everywhere. Like I said, it's everywhere. It's interesting too, because I didn't really come into, I guess, my black consciousness, if you will, or my strong political center until college. Um, and part of that was probably because I was surrounded by white people and you know maybe one or two black people here and there. But I went to a PW, I, I went to a predominantly white school um, for my entire life. Um, so blackness wasn't something that I was really in tune with. It was just what people expected of me. Um, I just, I was always the point person for when we, when we talked about slavery in history class, I was the student that the teacher would call out asking me what I think slavery was like. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where I was coming from. And then college was really when I started you know, studying up on it and getting more into um, black media and black liberation. And that's really when it started for me. And it's okay if in the past you didn't know what, what all the right things to say were, or you didn't know, you know, certain things, certain euphemisms and, you know, but now is your chance to correct that. And you have all the tools to do that. You have all the tools to find out what to say, what to do. So do it. So use them. I think we need to be harder on our politicians. I think we need to have higher standards for them, higher standards for institutions with a ton of money, with a ton of capital and support. <gasps> Ooh, hiccups. Um, I think we really need to consider our purchasing power, where we're going to spend our money, who the systems that we want to contribute to. We need to think about all those things. We need to really start doing some digging on business practices. And we need to become more informed consumers. You know, you know there's a lot to be done. And here's the thing too is, we are going to be unlearning for the rest of our lives. We have centuries of work to undo, and that's a hefty feat, but we have to do it. You can't just say, well, but it'll be too hard, it'll take too long, I don't know. Because if that was our mentality, I would still be in chains. I would be in chains right now. Because once upon a time, someone said that it's too hard to abolish slavery. It's too hard to try to be a black person and go to college. It's too hard to be a black person and own a business. It's too hard to be a black woman and want to be on TV. So it is hard. I'm not negating that. We are going to have to see some pain. People are going to go to jail. Here's the thing too. Progress never comes for free especially something like this. Black liberation has never come for free. We have never had it easy. <gasps> we, we have all, some of us have had to die, to die for me to be able to go to school. For me to have a degree, people had to die. 
and I'm not, I'm not, not, I don't want y'all to get scared. I'm not trying to start, I'm not down for the race war, but here's the actual truth. The race war has been here. And it's, it's really, really hard to, to admit to ourselves, but some things are going to have to get demolished for change to happen. Some things are going to have to never be here again, never be here again for change to actually happen. So, uh, it's really hard, but I think I came to that realization earlier today is that some things are just gonna have to burn to the ground. And that is painful. And it's okay to acknowledge that, that that's painful. It's okay to acknowledge that liberation comes at a cost. And it always has. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying to start going out killing people. That is not what I'm saying. I don't want that to be misconstrued. But what I am saying is there's going to have to be some real loss and some, and some real uprooting and some real sacrifice for things to change substantially. And we have to be ready for that. We are already grieving as a country for a lot of reasons, but we can't let that debilitate us. We don't have another choice except to be part of the problem. I really thought I was gonna come at this with a more moderate approach. <laughs> Ooh, I got hiccups now. Um, but no, it just, this is just, this is how I truly feel about the matter. I don't think you can do this halfway. I don't, I don't think that we can do this half-heartedly taking shortcuts by making ourselves seem like we're down with the cause and then in the back room, you know, talk, talking about how we shouldn't hire that one girl with the Afro because she seems like she's not gonna be a team player. Because here's, here's what I'm afraid of. Four years ago, Black lives seemed to matter to a lot of people. And here we are again. Here we are. And I don't, I'm tired of this cycle. I am tired of the cycle. And at this point, at this point, I low-key am a prison abolitionist because there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. Um, and there is. And people have studied this. That's why I'm like, there's no doing this halfway anymore. And it's not in a way to be like, we're going to catch you, nah, nah, nah. Like, it's like, no. Just do the work. We're not out here trying to catch people slipping. People just be slipping. We're not out here trying to, to catch you in a racist act. That's, that's exhausting for us. We want people to understand that this thing is pervasive. Children as young as four years old already adopt these ideals and these 
they, they are seeing and hearing the microaggressions and adopting that role. And I know this because I work with children. I work with babies up to, up to five years old. And I've seen it. I've seen it. And of course, it's, it's, it's because they're in a system and they're not inherently bad. But that just shows from that young. Imagine if, if you think a certain way at that age, imagine how you'll think 10 years forward. 20 years forward, that idea in your head starts manifesting and how you see other people and how you go apart and how you go about dating and romance and how you go about how you interact with the world around you. You know, this stuff, this, this stuff, we don't only need to try and let it go. We need to chisel it out of us. We need to grab it by the root and yank it out because it's in there. It's in there when it comes to white people. It's in there when it comes to BIPOC. It's in there when it comes to black people. It's why some black people subscribe to respectability politics. And I know at this, at this point that word has just become a buzzword, but it's structural, it's pathological, and to some point it's willful ignorance. And so the part of you that makes an assumption about someone based on the color of their skin or based on their hair texture or the whiteness of their nose or the fullness of their lips, we, we really need to start working on that. And the thing about preference too is a lot of people like to say, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be mad at someone for their preference or their racial preference. Your preference is based on a structure that is told that ha has told you for years that that should be your preference. Our preferences don't exist in a vacuum. You know, we think the way we think and we don't like the things we don't like and we like the things we like because of systems that we're under. So I just wanted to be very clear that white supremacy has everything to do with you. So we need to actively fight against the system because the system itself is violent and it has created us to be violent. It's not something we can pretend doesn't pertain to our everyday lives because it does. Because at this point, it has become dire. It always has been dire, but now that you're aware, you have a choice to make. Because I'm not gonna lie, there are benefits to siding with white supremacy, to aligning with whiteness and the capital that that allots you. There are benefits, but the cost of that is literal murder. The cost of turning a blind eye is murder. And people like to say, oh, if I lived you know, back in the civil rights movement, or if I lived back in slavery, I wouldn't think that was a, I would, I would, you know, I would call it like it is. I would, I would name that as inhumane. I wouldn't partake in that system, but here we are. Are you partaking in this system? Are you participating in something that we've just established? 
is heinous and inhumane. Here's the thing, capitalism and white supremacy often operate in the same spaces and are very seldom operating alone. You, you very often see one with the other. Um, and so it, it's almost this like cognitive dissonance with capitalism operating alongside the Black Lives Matter movement because nine times out of 10, that looks all good now, but nine times out of 10, that's not going to happen. It's not gonna happen because down the road, you're gonna have to think about your actual business practices. At this point, I don't care if Joe actually cares about black people. Frankly, I don't, I think he cares about other things more than he cares about black people. Um, and that is the proof in the pudding. And the proof in the pudding is that he doesn't do his research. And when you care about someone, you do your research. When you care about a cause, you research that thing. But the fact is, the fact is he, he doesn't feel like he has to. You know, and that, that to me is just, he has all of the resources. He literally was vice president. He has so many resources and he decides not to use them. And that speaks volumes. And I didn't want to yell at people today, but this is just where I'm at right now. I'm just, I'm, you know what? I'm yelling at you. Um, I really, I really was trying to like have a conversation, but it's really frustrating when people think that these, these small minuscule things are revolutionary. These, these, these statements, and yes, I appreciate when people are doing something. I appreciate that they're doing something, right? But don't, this isn't, we don't need to throw a parade because you said Black Lives Matter, right? We don't need to do that. Um, because the actual sacrifice is not in making that statement. The actual sacrifice is in doing things that your constituents don't like. It's in doing things that your subscribers might, 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 not, be, might not be on board with or might be uncomfortable with. It's doing things that could risk your capital, could risk your influence, but because it's right, because it's the right thing, that's what you do. That's what we're looking for. So that's what I'll say on that. Um, I think I think we have we. I'm going to come back to this point. We have to criticize Joe. We have to. We can't just ride this wave of letting black people being treated any kind of way, being used for votes, being used for the sake of diversity and inclusion, and all the while being murdered in the streets. People are out here dying while you're claiming diversity and inclusion. So that's where I sit on that. Um, feel free to have a dialogue with me. Feel free to ask for sources. Um, we can't be lazy. We can't, we can't fall back on this attitude that, that white supremacy will fix itself because it won't. And any other approach at this point is truly obsolete.